All right, welcome to um, Comic Chat, episode number 73. I'm your host, Glenda McGee. I'm a 10-year comedian in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and I'm originally from Compton, California. Uh, You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee. That's Glendon, G-L-E-N-D-O-N. McGee, M-C-G-E-E. Um, and you can also find me on Insta, IG, The Gram, whatever the kids say, um, at GM3 Comedy. That's at GM, the number three, and the word comedy. Um, and you'll see my mug up there wearing this black coat, public enemy coat. It's all tattered and shit, but uh, it's kind of like my identity in the winter time here in Arizona, but I think this might be the last year I might wear this jacket because it's just really in bad shape. Um, I just have a, a snow coat for some reason. <laughs> That's stupid, but um, today's date is Tuesday, March the 15th. Uh, 2022 we are two days from St. Patty's Day Uh, don't know why I even mentioned that Um, before I get started with this episode I just want to say that I love you all and that I am tremendously happy and immensely grateful for your focus and attention and super excited for you Uh, tuning in for this episode of Comic Chat, um, which can be found on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Also, right here on this uh, lovely casting platform, Anchor, Uh, there are 72 other episodes that you can listen to while you're on here listening to this one um, which I think is going to be good I don't really uh, format my shows anymore I kind of just wing it but before I get into today's show I just want to uh, have a moment of silence for the bad guy Scott Hall also known as Razor Ramon, he passed away yesterday, apparently from like four heart attacks. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's gone. So um, I know there's a host of other people, so we just include them too. I can't really remember. I know someone else died too. Uh, the, uh, the guy from Marvel. I can't fucking remember his name right now. <laughs> but a moment silence for those two fellows. Alright. Rest in peace to those guys and all the people that um, passed away. Uh, recently, even as of today, because you know people die every day. It's 
that's the crazy beautiful thing about life is that it's only a moment it's really brief and it feels like forever because of the things that we uh, desire and the belief that we do not deserve them and I think that's really what it is about uh, the unhappiness is that we limit ourselves from things due to what we've been taught we, that we can do. Right? We, we've been taught throughout our lives that you have to do something impossible to become a millionaire. And that is not true, but if you listen to it for 18 plus years, it becomes your truth which in turn leads you to settle for these menial jobs that people no longer want because the government laid everybody off for a year and gave them, what, one $1,400 check and, no, what, two $1,400 checks? And I think like a $1,200 check. And then if you had kids, they gave you a little bit more money, but then they expect you to go back to work just freely, willy-nilly, knowing that they can just tell you to go home again because of a quote-unquote virus that came from someone eating a bat. I don't even know if that's the real story. That's just the story I like to run with because it's the most comically unbelievable. But yeah, it's just um, life, man. When you don't believe you can achieve things uh, and you see other people doing them and you have pride that won't allow you to ask the people for advice on how they accomplished what they accomplished. Then you become angry and bitter and resentful and negative. I know this too, because that's, uh, I just described myself as an alcoholic. And because I, that's what I, um, That's all I believed I was. So I was negative. I didn't believe in love. I didn't believe in success. I didn't believe I could be rich. I didn't believe anything. All I believed that I needed that bottle to, to find peace. A peace of mind. That bottle is gonna free me from this hopeless uh, perception of existence that I have. And I think that's what most of our problem is. Is that we perceive our life as a hopeless case because we've been told that our life is a hopeless case if you're not rich or white. Sorry to, to put it in such real terms, but that's how it is if you really peep America if you really look at America and how it's ran 
you got to be rich or white. Or it's going to be extremely hard. You're going to have a lot of obstacles. You're going to have the the white people that don't want you there. And then you're going to have your own people that don't want you to beat them there. And they start pulling you down. It's called the uh, crabs in the bucket mentality. And it's really popular amongst black people. My people, we love doing that bullshit. Nobody quit. Uh, nobody quick to hate on another black person than a black person. No matter what you do, oh, this nigga ain't gonna do it unless white people tell us that this nigga is special. Think about it, LeBron James. If if the media didn't cover him when he was in high school. We was going to hate on that nigga. And it was certain niggas hating on him. I was one of those niggas. I'm still one of those niggas. And I won't even say that I'm hating on him. I just don't like him as a basketball player. I don't really know him as a person to, to, to hate on him. But I just don't like his basketball game. I don't really think he as dope as they paint him to be. I don't think he's doper than Kobe. Let alone Michael Jordan. Which leads to even further my point. White people told us Kobe was that nigga. Like him. Jordan, that nigga. Like him. So we did. Football too. Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice, um, uh, Michael Irvin to an extent. Primetime Deion Sanders. That's all he did was sell himself to us and white people was like look at this guy he sure is fast ain't he look at him he do the dances after he get the interception in the end zone look at that boy there Deion Sander primetime and we was just like yeah primetime my nigga but we don't you know we don't think that uh there's a a, a crab in a bucket mentality just like I was talking um, to some one of my friends on uh, Facebook about T.I.'s comedic debut. I think I talked about this like two episodes ago, but I just, it's just, it was so crazy how our interaction was was so um, pointless <clears throat> because I was trying to tell him that T.I. just wasn't funny. And I didn't say T.I. was never gonna be funny I didn't say T.I. was like a bum or or a disgrace to comedy or anything like that I just said T.I. is is not funny because he didn't have no jokes he just was talking about himself and we know that you was a dope rapper named T.I. and you had a a fantasy life that we all could have wanted to live you know we know that but why is that funny that's all I was saying and the dude was just trying to convince uh me that people should not shit on T.I. because he's new to comedy but I told him and people shit on their friends for trying to do stand up all the time so what you know make T.I. so special and then he basically said a whole bunch of uh, fan rhetoric 
And I basically was like, well, people talk shit about Michael Jordan when he went to baseball. So what make T.I., you know, so special? He's just not funny. He could be funny if he learned how to uh, write some jokes and, you know, stop sucking his own dick on stage. And that was basically all I said. And it, it wasn't that I hated his set. It just it wasn't a set. He just was a new comic. And that's basically would be my take on any comic that go up there and they don't know what they want to say. Like I say numerous times on this podcast, if you go on stage and the first words that come out your mouth are, what do you want me to talk about? Your next question to yourself should be, why did I come out the house? If you're not thinking about what you're going to talk about on stage all day, then why the hell are you even on stage? I know people have regular lives and they they not everybody's not blessed to have their their rent taken care of like me. But even if I had a job, I would still be thinking about jokes. I probably would write jokes about my job. And that's what uh comics do. They write jokes about their job. They write jokes about their love life. They write jokes about their family. Anything. Inspiration comes from everywhere. Even when I was like uh, pre-pandemic and it was mics all the time and in many different places and you can get like fucking damn near 12, 13 mics in one week. I used to get material from just riding on the train or the bus to get to Mike's or not even to get to Mike's if I was going to like the bank or something and some crazy shit happened on the way to the bank I would try to make material about it I still do it if I go to the store and something happens on the way to the store because I live in downtown Phoenix so a lot of crazy stuff happens down here and a lot of big like concerts and shit happen because I live right uh right by the footprint center where the fabulous Phoenix Suns play, uh, I didn't ever think I would plug the Suns on this uh, podcast because I'm a Lakers fan, and uh, I'm. But I'll give respect when respect is due. The Suns have had a fantastic couple of seasons. Do I think they're gonna win the NBA Finals this year? No. Um, I think they're gonna get screwed again by the uh, league because it's all political. Depending on who they play, if they play somebody who doesn't really need money, maybe they will allow the Suns to get one out. But if not, I think they're going to probably get bounced in like the conference finals. I don't know who will beat them. I just I haven't really watched as much basketball as I used to watch, but I just know that the Suns look good. I've seen them. Uh, play earlier. I seen them lose to the Milwaukee Bucks, but they didn't have Derek Devin Booker or uh, Devin Booker, um, Cam Johnson, and uh, Chris Paul. They didn't have any uh, those three guys, so they ended up losing. But it, I think it went to overtime, so that says a lot. So uh, anyway, big up to the. You know the, the the Suns this year, at least. Um, yeah, so inspiration comes from all all sorts of places. Like I can be on the telephone with somebody talking, and then they could 
you know, be talking about something and I'll start laughing and then next thing you know, they're writing it down or I'm writing it down and that's usually um, how it goes. If you have like a comedy buddy, if, you, if you're smart, you should get a comedy buddy, somebody that you could like talk to and actually be their friend and you guys uh, exchange ideas and you push each other. It's not, it's like a, it's, it's a friendly competition. It's not even a comp. It's just more or less like you can watch them go up and if they crush, you can be happy for them. And then if you crush, they could be happy for you. And then you guys could talk about how you guys crushed. Or if you guys both bomb together, you could both sit there and laugh about how you both bomb. So it's, it's always good to have someone to experience uh, things with. So I think that stand-up comedy is, is better if you have someone to experience it uh, with. And uh, because it's not a selfish thing, it seems like an individual thing. But if you open yourself to other versions of funny, then you can get help from a lot of other comedians, even without talking to them. Look at me giving some actual comedy advice instead of just spouting off about white people, this and black people, that. And <laughs> but eventually, sometimes... Um, comic chat is actually about comedy and shit and spirituality but uh yeah it is crazy man how um not to just switch topics but I just was talking about this and it's it's um it's weird because everybody has these perceptions of different places like everybody has this perception of Arizona as this racist place, and they have uh, this perception of Florida as this crazy place, and Texas is kind of like this uh, country within a country that stands by its own rules, and is like racist, and, and like an outlaw state, and then everybody thinks like California is the, the sweet, innocent, hot girl that everybody wants, but being somebody that knows her, she's full of herpes and shit, you know, and and I hate how uh, most people glorify California like some type of paradise just because it has beaches with dirty-ass water. The whole place is covered with smog, but I am a proud Californian, and that's why I talk so passionately and so real about what type of place California is. Because I hate when people who aren't from there go there like they're visiting some uh, forbidden island or some shit. Because I was telling my friend about uh, the first time I ever seen a... The first time I ever seen somebody like commits to... A white dude commit suicide. It was on the news. It was Fox News. I think it was around 97 or 98... I had just came home from school. I think I was in high school. And um, my cousin, my sister, and my two brothers, and my mom, we are, they're all sitting in the, in the room watching the news. And this guy was protesting on the freeway. I forget what freeway it was. He was protesting on the freeway. And uh, he was mad about his uh, HMO or some shit. So he had his little cardboard sign and he's like 
picketing outside of his own car and shit. And then he like laid down in the street and he got his uh, car. No, he got his cardboard box back up, started picketing again. And then for some reason he goes to the car and the car ignites on fire. And he, uh, for, I guess he forgot that his dog was in the car. So his dog ends up like dying, like right in front of his face, like going up in flames in front of his face. He saw his dog like running back and forth across the seats and like scratching on the windows as the fucking flames engulfed the dog. And uh, he got distraught. He fucking dropped to his knees and shit. And then all of a sudden he goes to his, the back of his truck and he pulls out a shotgun and he, and he takes his shotgun and he, and he sets up the, the, the shotgun against the freeway railing and he puts his head against the barrel. And I remember saying to everybody in the room, he gonna kill himself. And right after that, he pulled the trigger and I seen the back of his head get blown out and he fucking fell down and like started leaking and shit. And this shit was on um, Fox News. Like they didn't cut away at all. I saw that shit. It, it, It was wild as fuck. I don't even know if I mentioned that on this podcast before, but it was wild as fuck. I forget the fucking guy's name, but... Man, that was the first time I I, I saw like a, somebody take, take their own life. It was it was crazy. And this happened in Los Angeles, the place that everybody's like, oh, the Lakers and oh the the girls and the palm trees and the beaches and yeah, white niggas killing themselves over health insurance. That's the shit that goes down in in Los Angeles. But it's like the the, the city of angels or, or lost angels or whatever they, they call it. I love the place, but it's not all fucking milk and honey like people try to paint it, like Hollywood and celebrities and No. You run out you run into celebrities out there, but they really don't want you to fuck with them. They take it they take the pictures because they don't want to fuck up their image and they don't want you to not buy their shit. So so they'll take the pictures, but they really uh some people do love their fans, but a lot of them don't really want you to bother them, especially if they're out with their fucking family. And I get it. Like that, the experience of uh, seeing a celebrity is like cool as fuck to most people. But to me, they're just regular motherfuckers who get a spotlight shining on them for doing some menial shit that really has no uh, effect on society. It's just the fact that they uh, they get they get boosted up so that we trust them and that they uh, can use their influence to lead us to doing evil shit and living for ourself and living against our spiritual and natural um, desires. 
So that's that's why I'm not really, you know, a big oh California is the uh the god of, of the West Coast or whatever. It's it's another shitty place that they overhype and it's overpriced and, and the people there are assholes and you know you could probably you know, the hood's all gentrified, so it's not even like where it was when I used to live there. They pushed all the hood people up into the mountains where all the wildfires and shit are. So you're not going to really get that. You go to Compton now, you can go to Walmart and shit. You're not really going to get that uh, experience that you used to you know, get from the little movies in the 90s and shit. It's nothing like that anymore. Black people are doing meth and shit. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I heard that our, um, black people in the hood are doing meth now. It's And all I could think to myself is, wow, everything really does upgrade. It evolved. We evolved from crack to meth. It's, it's, it's crazy as fuck, but I just I fucking hate that shit. You know, how we just be like, oh, this place. And then New York has this. I've never been to New York, so I can't really say anything. But I always hear that scary stories about New York from people who've been to New York. They always say it's a great place, but it just shit goes down in New York. And it has one of the biggest egos of all the states, just like fucking California. You meet somebody from New York they, they actually say it's the greatest like city not in America but in the world the greatest state in the world New York and I just be like okay but everybody in New York all the comics from New York they love to talk about the shitty parts of it, uh, New York just like how I'm doing about LA and yet we still treat these two places like they're the two hot chicks at the prom and everybody else is shitty when they're two shitty bitches just like the rest of this motherfucking country it's not a place in America that's not fucked up especially if your ass ain't white had to go there because it's just the truth you get treated fucked up if you're colored and that's, you know, that's me trying to use a nicer term just in case a white person listens to this podcast and gets offended by the word he uses only with his relatives and behind closed doors. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think that anywhere in America or any place in the world should be romanticized. Even certain international places like fucking Paris and fucking Spain, you know, we have, we hold these places in high regard and it's really shitty. I always hear about those places are being really shitty and I think it's because God didn't create anything better than anything else. It's just human perception amplified. If they can get enough percentage of the population to believe something, then it becomes the overall belief of the population. 
even if half the population has never even experienced that thing which they believe. But we say that there is no mind control. There is no mental slavery. These are conspiracy theories. Oh, they don't they don't use the TV to 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 mess with our head. Most of us have glowing um, impressions of places we've never been or experienced. We have glowing impressions about people that we really don't even know. Like uh, Scott Hall. Now he's at everybody posting a picture of this motherfucker. As Razor Ramon. And I'm like, Razor Ramon didn't die. Razor Ramon retired. Scott Hall died. And Razor Ramon was a fucked up character if you really think about it. It was a fucking white dude. Playing a Cuban dude. And his nickname was the bad guy. So what do you think? most white kids' perceptions of Cubans would have been. They are bad guys. But rest in peace, Scott Hall. NWO for life. Everybody loved him for when he went back to being the white person that he is. But again, I hear a lot of colored people saying, uh, it's cool that you wasn't even Cuban, dog. Nah, that's not cool. That's offensive to Cubans. Because basically he got paid to mock them. And America loved him for it. But yet racism is not a thing. We don't, we don't believe in racism in America. Racism is, is a far-fetched idea. Everything is not about race. Bro, that's what I get a lot online when I when I talk about race. Everything is not about race. Like I, I got into a, a, a argument or a mini argument with some people who probably not from here, don't really like the term uh, immigrant. Well, let's say non-foundational colored people are brown people about racism because Kyrie Irving was fined by the Brooklyn Nets or no by the NBA the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving were fined for him being in a locker room at a home game because you know they have that that mandatory vaccine shit so he can't be in the locker room And some guy says, so he can be in the stands with thousands of maskless people. But he can but he can't go into the locker room. And then some white guy says, he knows the rules and they know the rules. No excuses. So I come so I comment unless they're they're white guys. 
And I put three rolling laughing emojis. And then some Asian person. You're a racist. So I laughed and said, if you think that, you know nothing about racism. And then some Mexican dude. Another black nigga being racist. Huh. So, so original, I guess. So I had to check him, another brown person, thinking that he's white, you know, trying to attack, you know, black people, or trying to attack another brown person, because he think white people gonna like him for it. And, no. It's not gonna fucking happen. And that's the whole thing is, I don't understand why other races that aren't, other brown races or other color races that are not black do that bullshit to us. Yeah, we do it back. And I'm going to say we do it back. But it's usually because of an experience. And I guess it's because of some experiences with some black people make them like that too. But... All of us aren't like those black people or that you've been exposed to. Just like I've been exposed to like some races, uh, Asians and like Hispanics, even some Arabs. And but I don't charge all the that those particular groups with uh, being racist because first of all they're they don't have any power. So how can they be racist? If you don't have the power to to harm anyone or to make their life to to make their life uncomfortable or to prevent them of living a uh, peaceful prosperous uh, prosperous existence prosperous <laughs> a peace a peaceful existence then you cannot be racist because you are powerless but when you can when you can um affect a person's employment and how they eat and survive due to their race that's racism so whenever uh, white people or people who wish to identify as white uh, hit me with that oh you're a racist because I say the things that I say about white people which are only true things that we all experience. That's why I tell them, how can I be racist if I have no power to affect your existence? I can say some shit to you. I can say a bunch of slurs to you. That's it. But I can't affect your existence. I can't stop you from getting a job because I say that shit. You know, I can't stop you from getting a loan at the bank because I said that shit. But a white person can. And then it's like, why are you always blaming the white people? It's like, no, we're not blaming you. We're just pointing out the fact that you control certain aspects of our existence here in America. And, and that's that's basically what we all saying. We ain't saying, hey, we want to take America 
back from the whiteies. No, we just want to be allowed to do the same things that they are allowed to do without the system of white supremacy stepping in. We don't we just want this to be afforded the same opportunities without the hate, without the blockages. And this is not just black people. This is all non-white people. Because I know that all of them experience it too. But they rather not vocalize it like a black person. Because they feel like it will affect. You know it will activate the system. So they stay quiet about it. As uh, all oppressed people do. Because you can't. You can't tell the oppressor that you're being oppressed. Especially if he has no idea of what oppression is. Like, um, I don't really... Didn't really want to get into this, but I think it's really fucked up that they just snatched Brittany Griner over that hashish oil. And they really like holding her over there. And there's no big, there's no big media push to get her back here. Maybe someone is uh, behind the scenes is secretly trying to get her back here, but there's no public outcry like they would have been if it would have been like um, Diana Taurasi. They would have be white people would be crying. They be showing people at the Footprint Center wearing her goddamn jersey and shit. Diana's a fighter. I'm pretty sure she's going to make it back here and she's going to be pretty safe. You know, she's going to get home safe and our boys are going to bring her home because that's what we do here in America. We bring our people home. If they're not fucking, if they're not colored. That's, that's why I say that thing. It's all, this is all over some shit that's, pretty much legal but it's just not legal there and they're in a conflict and she was over there she's basically the wrong place wrong time nigga and that's how America is treating it and that's the thing about this whole war there is not even a public outcry for our morale I've never, I haven't heard the national anthem like one time during this time. Or the song, I'm proud to be an American. Or any other of those songs that they used to boost our morale like they did in 9-11. Because it's between two European white nations. It's only a cause for alarm when the colored people are the suspects. I haven't heard the word terrorist, homeland security, even if it is about Ukraine. That's what Russia is attacking, their homeland. But I guess it's really not an attack. It's business. And that's why you don't really hear much about it. And that's why it's not being 
thrown in our face and they're not trying to create a fear of the Ukraine or Russia they still trying to keep us scared of coronavirus but yet we we want to say that uh, racism is uh, not a thing it's non-existent they're not targeting non-white people to convince them of their own inferiority and uh, breed the desire for whiteness inside of us all the while knowing that we cannot ourselves uh, produce whiteness within ourselves we could probably create a white baby because black has the ability to create white but white cannot create black and this is why we have this whole issue of race and conflict and bullshit that's all that's all it's really about Another example, uh, I know people would say that I'm probably uh, not practicing what I preach when I talk about this um, Bel Air show. I haven't seen it. I won't watch it because I heard they was making uh, the Banks family do a bunch of crooked shit. And I think I talked about this on this show. I'm not sure. I need to listen to more episodes so I don't repeat myself so much but I got into it with another comic over my take on it because I said that it's just basically another uh, social engineering project to convince us of our inferiority and and create the desire for us to be white knowing that we can never be white and some black comic who loved the show basically called me a dumb idiot and asked me what am I trying to accomplish by saying these type of things or sharing these type of things and I'm just like I just felt like it should be shared because it's true they're not trying to remake the Cosby's with a drugged out Bill Cosby raping people and fucking uh, Theo uh, doing coke and and Denise and, and all the rest of his daughters are hoes and like uh Claire Huxtable is sucking white dick to get up in the law firm. They, they didn't do that. So why they have to do it to um, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Because black people, a lot of black people were inspired by that show, especially by Carlton. And that's why they had to change Carlton and Uncle Phil to such shady characters. And that's what they do. When we like something... They eventually fuck it up. And I, I think I remember myself saying that. If, if we like something, they eventually fuck it up. Like the boondocks. I did say that. I brought up the boondocks the last time. And it's just fucked up that they do that shit. And that how we, um, as black people, we'll attack each other. Because we uh, feel powerless to uh, stop that shit. And uh, I don't... I don't think we're ever going to move anywhere. I think we're just going to stay right here where we are as far as uh, the uh, progress of the, the race and, and even our, our quest for equality, if you will. We're just going to stay right here if we don't start unifying as non 
black people start supporting each other and stop looking at, you know, oh, you're, I'm not black because I'm from Mexico or I'm from Asia. Because in the eyes of, of white people, if you're not a white person, then you're a nigger. And I've said that before. And if we learn to accept that that's how they perceive us, not in a way to, it's going to create some type of uh, tension to where we want to attack them. But to just live with that acceptance and not to see each other as enemies because we come from, or we were, you know, born in different places. I think that the, the relations between the colored people will be better and then we could work on our relations with white people. And with that being said, this has been Comic Chat episode number 73. Um, I'm your host, Glenda McGee. You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee, G L E N D O N McGee, M C G E E. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram, uh, the gram, I G at G M three comedy. That's the letter G M, the number three, and the word comedy. You can find me on there. And I'll let you know where all my shows are going to be. And I just want to say that you guys are all beautiful. You're worthy of your desires. And they are coming to you quickly, easily, and effortlessly. Because you have the infinite power to create any life that you desire for yourself and those around you. I just wanted to let you know if you're having a perceived struggle. Don't get down on yourself. Just keep trying because you can overcome all things and everything with ease. Because the universe made you so. So just um, don't give up. Love yourself because you are worthy of love. Even if you're a drug addict. Even if you're living a lifestyle that no one approves of. You are worthy of love. You can find this uh, podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And right here on this lovely platform for casting Anchor, there are 72 uh, episodes that you can listen to after this one. Um, I just want to say, if you want to find me, uh, follow me on IG or Facebook. I usually post flyers of shows that I'm going to do or mics I'm going to be at or whatever like that. So if you really want to follow me and see me perform stand-up, you can follow me on social media and, and find out. And I just want to thank you guys. I just want to say I'm, I'm grateful for the four consistent listeners that I have. I'm grateful for the six overall subscribers that I have. And if you like this, feel free to subscribe because I do it every week. And I just want to say um, thank you. Thank you because you are a uh, what inspires me to continue to do it and i am more than grateful and super excited to have you listening to me talk for almost an hour um thank you you guys are uh, headed for great things because you are worthy of great things and you have the ability to attract great things and uh until next time guys i love you all and uh, goodbye